Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It, we just went cold from three. It's really, it's really simple with this team. When they hit their threes, they look really, really good. And when they miss them, they go down big quick. And I, I love tough wins and bad or bad losses. It shows your warts, your weaknesses uh, for everything that you need to work on. So I don't have any expectations. I am honestly expecting there not to be anything. Honestly, um, I don't see anything like major uh, happening. I don't think Monty's gonna like make a big trade or anything like that and put us in a hole. But you, I mean, I guess you never know, but that that's what I'm expecting, nothing too big. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Kings cast. It's daily. Joined by my co-pilot Liz and then special guest Ross from Beam Unit Spaces. What's going on, Ross? What's up? Thank you for having me. Liz, how are you? I'm good. Just enjoying, you know, the last day of the week until we have to hit a new day and back to school I go, you know. So yeah, I'm good. We're here in the studio one day after the Kings' glorious road win over the Chicago Bulls. Uh, let's get into it. First quarter, Kings set the tone on both sides of the ball. Monk hits his usual mid-range fadeaway. De'Aaron makes us his second tough and one. Kings were in control, 32-25. to 25. Second quarter, Monk hits a dope behind the back midi step back. Trey Lyles punches in three threes. Fox hits a long three to end the quarter. Kings up 17, 68-51. Liz, Ross, what are your thoughts on the first half? Yeah, I thought like they did automatically set the tone. I thought De'Aaron Fox came out super aggressive, which was nice to see. Um, the ball was moving. Yeah, Trey Lyles got going early. Um, Keegan kind of like struggled a little bit, but I still feel like he was out there kind of like at least defensively, you know, like not completely terrible. Um, but yeah, the ball was literally moving. They were hitting their shots. Kevin Herter had some nice threes. Um, Harrison Barnes, I think, hit a couple. So yeah, the fact that they were flowing, I think they had what 71 points in the first half. Um, just goes to show that, you know, when you move the ball, you take smart, you know, shots, don't turn the ball over. Um, this offense is very dangerous. So yeah, very, very good first half for the team. Ross, any of your, uh, you have any uh, input for the first half? Yo. Sorry, cut me out. Um, yeah, uh, thought, thought they started really well. Um, nine assists in their first nine baskets. Just really good ball movement. Can kind of see Fox was locked in. Um, he just looks like when he wants to show up and be good, he can be the best player on the floor. And I kind of don't blame him for not doing that every night because it just has to be exhausting. A lot of these really good stars around the league, they have more help than him. So being that guy for 82 you know, games a year is really asking a lot. And uh, 
you know, good on him for just showing up and setting the tone early. Really good first half from them. Um, finally good to see the bench come back and be as good as we know they can be. Like we know we saw in the first 20, 30 games, how good this bench is. And they kind of had a little slump might have to do with rotations kind of constantly changing, but good to see them back to their old form. Exactly. And I want to shout out HB for the first half. He, he did a great job on DMAR in the first half. Uh, he set the tone defensively and he didn't let DMAR DeRozan get going. So I thought he did a great job. Third quarter, Herder and HB hit threes. Fox had one of his five steals and it was converted into what HB Mitty. Malik Monk gets a big block on Kobe White. Bulls cut the Kings' large lead to 10. Fourth quarter, Kings' defense forces a 24 second violation early. Kobe White and Caruso lead a Bulls run. Bulls actually cut the lead to three. Fox takes over and attacks the paint. Domas got a tough end one in a crowd of Bulls. Kings pull away and win 123-115. Ross, what was your reaction to the second half? Um, I'll take a win. If you're winning on the road like this, you know, like the famous G-Man said, any road win is a good road win. And I remember hearing that line. 25 30 years ago and it stuck with me because it's true it's you know really tough to get wins obviously you'd love to see it be better but you know what you built this big 30 point lead and you blew it and now you actually have film you know that mike brown can go over and say listen this is what you guys did wrong here it's simple you you know tried to hold on to the lead instead of just pushing the ball and as much as uh it seems like it might have been that it, we just went cold from three. It's really it's really simple with this team. When they hit their threes, they look really, really good. And when they miss them, they go down big, quick. And it's kind of today's NBA. I know a lot of people had big reactions over blowing the 30-point lead, but it's not a crazy thing. Like it, five years ago, if you blow a 30-point lead, it's talked about everywhere, but it probably happens a couple times a night in the NBA. So not as big of a deal as I think people are making it. Yeah, I yeah, I completely agree with what Ross is saying. Like it it is a bummer that they kind of, you know, got out to that 30 point lead and then they could have like potentially rested like their guys um, you know, for Monday because they were on a back to back. So I think that's like the more disappointing aspect of it. Um, but I you have to give credit to the Bulls because they went out there defensively, they locked up, they were scrappy. Um, Kobe White was just going fucking off, like doing what he was doing. Um, Alex Caruso was just playing amazing defense, I thought. And then, yeah, we weren't hitting our shots. Like, I mean, like newsflash, if you don't hit your shots, like your, your lead's going to start to disappear or you're going to be losing by a lot. Like that's just, you know, the math of the NBA. So, um, the fact that one, yes, they got the win, they got the win on a back to back, which is obviously huge. And then they're on the road. Um, I'll take that anytime because, Last night, you know, we're on our seven game road trip. That's a long road trip. It's like a span of almost two weeks that, you know, these guys are away from their homes, their beds, you know, all that stuff. Um, so, you know, they're exhausted from getting on planes and constantly traveling city to city. Like, yes, it is their job. They get paid to do it. It is, you know, that is what it is. But from a human perspective, like that's going to take a toll on anyone, regardless whether you're getting paid for it or not. Um, so the fact that, yeah, they went out there, they were able to finish. They hit their free throws in the clutch, which was lovely to see finally. Um, because if they had lost that game due to free throws, I probably would have like cried. Uh, but yeah, just a good way to end it, get the win, get out of there, um, you know, and then move on to the last game of the road trip. And then especially like 
that was our first time in franchise history winning five games on a seven game road trip. Um, that itself is a, a major win as well, um, because you're always kind of looking for, you know, things as a franchise to continue to build on and things like that. So the fact that this team is kind of making history in their own different ways, so they're not specifically compared to, you know, the olden days, like they're their own team now and they're building on something special. So I think that's also really exciting to see. And I thought it was a good thing that they had a 30 point lead because with a 30 point lead, the bulls just got tired. I think, I think with a 20 point lead, the bulls probably might've won that game, but because it was a 30 point lead, they expended all their energy to come back. They didn't have anything left to finish. So I, I think there's that aspect. Um, and I, I love tough wins and bad or bad losses. It shows your warts, your weaknesses uh, for everything that you need to work on. And I, and I know I, I say this all the time, but it's all about a growth mindset with this team. And I know they're going to improve upon whatever holes that they've seen uh, with this game. I do want to uh, shout out Fox, who did an incredible job on DMAR uh, in the clutch in the fourth quarter. Um, I think DMAR was held to like 35% uh, from the field, which was great. So uh, kudos to Fox and HB who covered DMAR uh, to me, I feel like most of the time in the first half. And let's not forget, as great as Caruso is, Fox dropped 40 on him. Uh, and, and I would say it was Caruso and a little bit of Ayo Desunmu uh, who covered him. So I think that's a phenomenal thing. I wanted to know uh, what you guys thought about just overall our starters. Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of what you look for, especially when you keep a core together for like an extra season, you always look for growth. And what this team has been challenged on, you know, kind of from day one when Mike Brown took the job was he wants to instill defense into his players. And so the fact that, yes, our offense is obviously not as great as it was last year, but our defense has gotten better. And just to see the growth of like specific people like Darren Fox, like his defense this season has been so good when he's locked in, like so, so good. And Kevin Herter, I feel like, you know, he obviously went through that slump and mentally, I feel like for a little bit, it was kind of getting to him, but then I think he kind of took control of it, put himself into a different mindset and said, you know what, if I, if I'm struggling shooting, that is totally okay. How can I go out here? and affect the team in a different way. So just his defense as well has been really outstanding this season. Deflections, he's been doing really great on, um, you know, things like that. Keegan Murray, his offense, obviously, you know, he's has more in his bag, what he's doing, getting to the basket. He's dunking more this season. He's not just settling for the three, which is awesome to see, but his defense especially has been great. Just watching him, you know, have that tough assignment of like, you know, the opposing team's best players some nights, um, he goes out there and he gives it at all. He's going to have those nights where he struggled. And there's been a couple games, I think, on this road trip that he has struggled. Um, but he's still, you know, doing other things, rebounding, things like that. Um, Harrison Barnes, you know, he's obviously the one that's kind of been the shit on the most, I think, out of the the starting five. And just how he's um, continued just to be that ultimate professional. I mean, he's available every game, um, knock on wood. Uh, but he's continued, you know, especially like as of late, he's getting kind of back to his old self, you know, being aggressive, drawing fouls, getting to the line. He's shooting better from three. Um, and then he's, you know, rebounding a little bit more, which I think is huge because people are kind of shitting on his rebound. So I love that, you know, progression from him as well. And then Sabonis, I mean, the fact that Sabonis has taken like his game to another level um, and just putting up the numbers that he's putting up 
uh, is amazing because especially after all the criticism that was being thrown his way after the playoff series, which it was granted, you know, he did not have a great playoff series, but the fact that he embraced that got into the off season, took care of his injury with his hand, um, but then started to just go to work and continuing to do what he's doing. Um, he's, you know, I wish he would still kind of shoot more, you know, from the free throw line ish and things like that, take that mid range jumper a little more. Um, but his three point shooting, I mean, he's only taking a couple a game if that, um, is nice to see he's, you know, hitting about 50% from there. Um, so just to see like the improvements of our starting five um, in both aspects, because again, the offense has not been as great, obviously, but when you focus more on the defensive side of the ball, that's going to happen. Most teams that focus on both aren't going to have the number one offense and the number one defense. Like that's just a rare occasion. So the fact that they're kind of balancing it out, um, is I feel like a better improvement because come playoff time, you got to be able to lock in defensively because you're playing the best teams of the best teams in the NBA. Yeah, I agree with most of that. Actually, it's just, you know, we've sacrificed a little bit on offense for defense, but it almost looks like in the last month or two, it's finally paying off. Um, Mike Brown's defensive schemes have been like, um, really good. Like if you look at some of the I can't name anybody specifically but if you look at games like two three months ago um, okay going back to the Orlando game at home uh, where Paolo had like 45 and we kept doubling him but these guys that aren't high you know percentage three-point shooters kept knocking down these shots um, and you're saying why why are you doing that what is this game plan Mike Brown what are you doing and you know, it's actually a really good game plan. You saw it work on Luca. You saw, you see him like, you know, blitz Devin Booker. And there's a reason why. And for whatever reason, teams are on fire when they play the Kings. I don't know what the numbers are, but they're like top five three-point percentage against us. So I don't know what that is, but it seems like in the last month or two, the ga defensive game plans actually are um, paying off. And we've been holding teams to like, you know, we haven't been scoring much, but we've been holding teams to like 105. And I can't remember the last time we saw that, especially in today's NBA, where it's the best offensive year ever. Um, but yeah, as far as the team and the starting lineup, um, really great starting lineup. Um, and I don't want to have this come off like I'm bashing some of the lesser guys, but I think the potential could be even more. Um because I think we're fifth in um, net rating with our starting five. And I I love Herter, and I don't want to lose him because he does so many good things. And when he's engaged on both ends and he's rebounding and backdoor cuts and running the break, like he's a really versatile player and he's only 25. So if we could lock him in, that'd be great. Um, and then Barnes, you know, I, I've rode with Barnes forever. My big knock on him is that it kind of comes in chunks. So you'll get, you know, seven or eight really good games from Barnes and then maybe seven or eight where the numbers aren't as uh, glamorous. So I think the potential with um, Murray, uh, Sabonis, and Fox as your core, like those guys have been really carrying the load this year. And um, so, you know, if we keep our guys, I'm completely fine with it. But I also think if there's a move up there to upgrade, because um, Barnes and Herder are probably – our weakest defenders in the starting lineup as well. So, um, but I, I love our team as a core. They, you know, share the ball really well. And I mean, can you believe that Domas and Fox actually had a jump in their game this year? It's crazy. Cause we were talking about, 
how good they were last year and if they were just the same as long as there's not that fall off and here they are like you know ratcheting their numbers up to quote unquote all-star numbers uh, and then keegan uh i mean i could talk about keegan for an hour um is somebody who's been a Sacramento Kings fan for decades and decades. I've probably only seen four or five defenders that kind of come to uh, in the ballpark of what we're seeing with him. So ceilings, the roof. Um, I'm wondering if uh, not to be Jordan, but um, wonder if he ever has the potential to be a playmaker, because if he can get playmaker abilities that that really could change his ceiling um that's the one thing that i i think is kind of missing in his game you guys think he's got playmaker potential down the line i i think it would it's contingent on his handle so his playmaker is going to go as far as his handle goes it's not there yet right now it's enough for him to drive and and go mid-range and hit a pull-up or go to the basket, but I think his handle needs to be a little bit better to be like a full-on playmaker. Um, it's like if you look at Paolo, Paolo has been this way as far as his handle is concerned for at least for years. He's had that handle. And, and here Keegan's just catching up to him, not catching up, but just starting uh, to take the ball uh, off the dribble and whatnot. So it's going to be a while. I, I would say two years where we could feel I- comfortable with him if that makes I sense. I 100% agree. I was having that conversation with somebody the other day and I said his his ball handling skills is basically if he can develop that kind of like that Luca or SGA or Paolo where they're dribbling in traffic, he's so strong. I know he can move, maneuver around in there. It is just can he get the handles on lock because if he can, he's going to draw a couple people easily. Um so that would be huge. But, I mean, maybe he can do it now. It's just that we just have so many good ball handlers. Why would you do that, right? Like, True. You're going to let Fox do that or uh, Monk or whoever. So, yeah, I, I just want to say with our starters, and I've always said this this season, is that this season the story is more the improvement of our core, right? And kind of like what you guys said. Fox's two-way ability, and now he's a two-way player, which is crazy. And then now – He's literally a motion shooter from three. It's like, what happened? And this is just over a summer. And I think that's incredible. Um, And, you know, people thought Domas was who he is, but no, he's not. He's actually shooting from three now. Uh, He has this enhanced moveset. He has a right hand now. His footwork is incredible. And no, everybody thinks he's a brute because his go-to move is still that shoulder into the chest, but he does so much more than that. And then even his rebounding has gotten better, which is already crazy to think about. Um, and I remember last season or even the season before that in our spaces, I was, I would always say, damn, if Domas would only do a Chris Weber, you know, little elbow jumper, he'd be set. And he's doing that now too. So he's enhanced this play. And then, yeah, like you guys said, uh, Keegan's two way play is incredible. He's our best defender now. Um, and he's a three-level scorer. He has a, a mid-range floater. He has a mid-range pull-up. We know what he could do from three, but his finishing package has gotten better. He's doing baseline fadeaways now. It's like, what are we doing? We have so many weapons uh, to go to uh, for offense. And then we mentioned Kevin Herter. Um, his playmaking is so much better now. And it needed to be because they would top lock him and then he couldn't hit a three-pointer anymore and then where do you go from there so now he's dribbling a little more in playmaking and if they like stop him and trap him 
And I, I think his processing, and I hate to use basketball jargon, but his processing is so good. He knows where everybody is on the court and, and he's getting the ball out of his own hands. If they stop him, you know, at the top, you know, around the screen. So it's like, he's been great. And then HB does what he does. Right. So you mentioned the trade deadline. It's Thursday, February 8th, 1 PM Pacific time. Any expectations? Um, I'm not going to have, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say because the like trading in any sport is so hard because it takes two to tango. Like we can, everyone can do their mock, you know, trades or, you know, trade machine, you know, stuff and think, Oh yeah, because the salaries match and, you know, because the trade machine said it would work that it's, you know, it's going to happen. It's like, there's a lot of levels to this. Um, so I don't have any expectations. I am honestly expecting there not to be anything because I'm not going to like set my expectations high and nothing happen, and then just, you know, kind of be disappointed, I guess. Um, so I'm just like, if it happens, it happens. And I trust Monty with if anything does happen, he's doing it in the best interest for the team now and in the future. Um, and if he doesn't make a move, I'm also okay with that because again, numbers are showing um, that this team is at a better point than they were last season records wise. They're still top five in the, you know, Western Conference, which is amazing with how just loaded this Western Conference is this season. And like, you know, really like there hasn't been that many injuries outside of a few teams and things like that. So the fact that we're still in the like thick of things with the same team, you know, barely made any changes or anything like that. And we're still performing at a high level. I'm going to be okay with them, you know, not making improvements because again, eventually there's going to be improvements to be made, whether that comes at the trade deadline or whether that comes in the off season. So if nothing happens, I'm okay with it. If something happens, I'm going to be okay with it because I always try to look at the, you know, the things more in a positive way um, because I have no control over it because Monty is in that position. He gets paid the big bucks to do his job and he has earned that right because he's done a really good job turning this franchise around um, and making them a playoff, you know, contending team. So yeah, I'm just, I'm going to wait and see what happens. No, I was going to say, uh, Naima just joined us. Uh, Naima, welcome. Glad you uh, came through. How are you? Yes, finally, my power has just been in and out, but it's finally working now. Hey, we'll, we'll take any minutes you can give. Um, you know what? We're talking about the tread deadline, which is going to be at Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific. Uh, do you have any expectations, Naima? Honestly, um, I don't see anything like major uh, happening. I don't think Monty's gonna like make a big trade or anything like that and put us in a hole. But you, I mean, I guess you never know. But that—that's what I'm expecting. Nothing too big. Right, Ross. What's your take? Um, yeah, to touch on what Liz said, I um, I think I'd be okay if we didn't do anything because, like she said, there's not that much injuries. Um in the West, the West is way better than it was last year. And if you took the pulse of Kings fans on Twitter, you would swear we are like eight games below 500, but you know, we're actually better than last year. Everybody said we wouldn't be competitive because everybody would be healthy and there's so much more talent and we're struggling. And here we are like comfortably in fifth, you know? So if we didn't do anything, I'm going to be in the camp of 
yeah, this is fine. It's like we said, let's just make sure we have consistency. Make the playoffs again. Who cares if you get bounced in the first round? You got to play another seven games. You got to let that bitterness build up inside the players and, you know, another strong offseason. Another one thing we didn't talk about is like we when this team really was starting to build chemistry early on, we would say, imagine this team like year three, the ball movement, knowing where people are on defense. So to just be in year one and a half still, uh, you know, we're having a little kind of like slumping team chemistry kind of struggle which happens along the way it's never a smooth you know trail to the top um but they're still coming out with wins and learning lessons and developing so there's so much good things if we do keep it together um as far as if there is a trade i'd be ecstatic because being a kings fan my whole life can we count the number of times where we made a trade and we said oh my god we just got an actual person that legitimately we know can make this team better um i'm not saying there's a guy out there um but if that happened it would just be a nice bonus if i was gonna drop a name that's been a little warmer to me lately it's kuzma um i know it was the whole thing in the off season but if you can if the reports are right and you can get them for a first and maybe a player um i'd really take a risk because I think we need another guy that can attack the basket and break down the defense. Cause when we play these really good, you know, long teams, they like the Pelicans or, you know, Orlando, they zero in on Fox. And if Monk's having an off game, it's nice to have that guy because Domas is a really good playmaker, but um, another guy that, you know, it seems like we play these teams and there's six, seven guys that can put the ball on the floor and get to the basket and, that's the one thing I think we're lacking in our starting lineup is we we play – I made a note last night, and I said, this team plays outside in, and it's it's frustrating at times because you're supposed to play inside out. We have the people to get in there, but it just seems like we'll start the game off with five straight three-pointers. So I think Kuzma could – you know, it's a, it's a gamble. Um, who knows if he even buys in, but in if he doesn't, his contract is like friendly enough. I think we could probably still flip him for another first or at the very least get something decent. Um, so it's not, not not a bad contract, in my opinion. The only bad thing about Kuzma is, is that we are going to have to get rid of a starter probably to get him. So it's Would you starter or Barnes and someone if, else to make salary. If it was your choice and you could swap one of them right now, would you? Uh, man, I'm on the fence. I'm literally. <laughs> I know that's tough. It, it really is because I'm greedy. I, I really want HB here uh, in any capacity. Even if, I mean, I think he would be so good off the bench. If he could be our Jeff Green, like Jeff Green was to Denver last year, mm-hmm. it would be perfect. And I know I'm a repeating record of saying that, but I, I truly believe that. I think he could be so good for us. Um, and yeah, it doesn't happen all the time, but HB is still super ignitable. And if there's a game in a seven game series where everyone's cold, HB could like pick up the offense. I'm not going to say it's guaranteed to happen, but it can happen. If anything, and this is going to be a very minor move, a very money style of move, it would be Royce O'Neal for two second round picks. Um, we'll probably just have to give up role players to match salary. And that would work for me because it's nobody that would really hurt my feelings if we were to get rid of them. Um, I will trade them. I don't want to say it like that. It might be Davion, 
But for someone like Rose, Royce O'Neill, I would I wouldn't mind. Any thoughts on that, or is that like hell no for you guys? No, no, absolutely. I I love any little move to get an, another veteran defender in here, somebody who can just step in. Like even like, I mean, it's probably a little past this time, but like you saw Tory Craig come in last night, and you know. It's funny because all these names that we wanted three years ago are finally available for us, but they're like on the end of their career. Exactly. Well, and then if we do nothing, I'm totally fine. We're still better than we were last year. And, uh, you know, I know I kind of like wrote off our dreams of getting past the first round, but I think I'm going to retract that because I didn't say we couldn't get past the first round. I said we'd have to play like perfect ball to get past the first round. And considering who we are right now, and, and we're talking about the last 10 games, we're actually top 15 in defense. We're top 10 in offense. We're in the, we're 10th spot. And then for net rating, we're ninth. So we're trending upward as far as how this team is playing together. For me, for me to feel super comfortable, if we did nothing, I do want us to beat our final bosses, right? I, I think we have a, a Pelicans game left. If we get, get get the Pelicans one time, if we could get a win back on them, I would feel more comfortable. If mm-hmm. we could beat OKC on this road trip, that would tell me that we could hang with the elite teams. I'd feel more comfortable. And, and if Monty did nothing, I would feel good about it. And, and this is more for the fans' psyche, if anything. The fan base psyche, we all know they're going to be upset because I feel like Kings fans just want to be part of something. They want to be part of a Woj bomb which I don't think is the healthiest thing uh, to do. But yeah, if we're fine, I would be fine if we stayed put. Just win. And you don't have to win every game. Just win some key games to show me that you can hang. Speaking of hot teams, we have the Cavs on the road on Monday. They've won nine of their last 10. Uh, They're streaking, not to mention they're officially full strength now. Darius Garland has come back. Evan Mobley has come back. Um, Jared Allen is is on a tear. What do you guys think? What are you guys What are you guys expecting uh, from this game? Honestly, for me, I mean, like you said, that um, the Cavs are absolutely on a hot streak, and you know they they've got a solid team. I believe they've won over thirty games already um, this year. So I think we're gonna come out. We well. I hope the hopes are that the the Kings do come out and, you know, it's a big matchup um, and everyone just comes out ready and everything. We know we can beat uh, the Cavs because we beat them last year as well. But um, I just hope that like the <clears throat> we don't start out slow and we don't really let what happened in the Chicago game where we basically blew a three, 30 point lead. Yeah. We ended up winning it in the end because, you know, De'Aaron Fox, um, but yeah, I just hope that um, they come out strong and they come out um, motivated. You know, it's the last game of the this long road trip and, you know, they get to come home to their beds and, you know, the comfort of their own house and things like that. So hopefully they use that as motivation Hey, one more game until um, getting home. And, yeah, hopefully they'll come out with the W and you like that beam. Yeah, I hope uh... – I hope we don't go down big early too. You just kind of get that feeling. Cleveland's been paying, playing so good lately, but um, I did some checking in the Kings. I think the last twenty games they've only lost by double digits once, and it was that Philly game 
which for whatever reason, we just don't play Philly good. Like, I don't know we ever will. Um, not sure why, but it just seems like every time we play them, we're down 15 within five minutes. But besides that, the team really has figured out how to, you know, get it together as far as these blowouts. So good on them. Um, even a couple games in the last 15 or 20, they'd go down 15 or 18 or whatever it is. And they chip away and they make their run or they go down nine in the first quarter and end with the leads. So credit for them. Um, turn it around. Um, Cleveland's good though. Uh, Jared Allen is going to be a good test because getting into the paint with him is really hard. Um, so it's going to kind of have to be on Fox stepping up again. And then the one thing I'm looking forward to is, uh, the last game versus Cleveland watching uh, Keegan guard Donovan Mitchell. And he did, that was kind of the first time I remember being like blown away, being like, is Keegan Murray like locking up a superstar right now? And that was probably two and a half months ago. And it seems like ever since now it's not even surprising anymore. It's just guy is such a good defender. Like you can guard somebody as big as Luca or as small and quick as Donovan. So, I'm going to be watching a lot of Keegan off ball tomorrow. Yeah, it's amazing what he could do. He's literally being able to defend one through four. And I think that is so key for us moving forward. And that might be the difference for us getting into the second round for sure. Uh, I don't want to get too far ahead. But, yeah, I, I'm expecting a good game. Um, I don't want to use the past as a barometer for how this game will go, even though we have handled the Cavs uh, fairly easily in the past. Uh, you never know, especially since they're new and improved, and they've seemed to find themselves now um, winning nine of the last ten. So, yeah, it'll be a true test. Um, I tend not to worry about Domas. I, he, every time I think he's going to have a tough time in the paint, he usually over, overcomes and overwhelms whoever he's going up against, uh, with an exception of the Philly game where Paul Reed gave him fits for whatever reason. And I'm actually going to give more credit to Domas just not feeling well or feeling well or not having the energy other than them actually dominating him. Uh, if that Yeah, when sense. when was the last bad game Domas had? Like that's crazy. He's taken it to every Oh my god, he's just incredible. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see and then I do hope the Cavs uh, are at full strength so we can truly uh, see how the Kings uh, stack up against a he truly healthy team. We want to thank everyone for listening in and making us a part of your day. So take care of yourselves. Hopefully we get this win uh, today on Monday, which is when this will be dropped. We appreciate everyone listening in. Uh, good day, good night, and light the beam. <laughs>